Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we uh, continue to broadcast from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And Renaissance continues to be one of the best banks around. And that's not just my opinion. Uh, that's an op- the opinion of customers surveyed by Forbes magazine. Survey results of which they found that clients feel like Renaissance is one of the top 10 banks in the country. That's how they finished in that survey that Forbes conducted. If you're looking for a better banking experience for your business, then go get in touch with Renaissance. Go to renaissancebank.com and find their local office and give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. Now I want to welcome Dr. Stephen Palmer. He is the executive director, the head of school at the Cottage School. Dr. Palmer, welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, great to have you back in the studio. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we were just chit-chatting before well, we came on the air that it was pre-pandemic, so we've got a lot to talk about um, when you were here last. But uh, for those that don't know about the Cottage School, first, let's give them an introduction. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here today. Sure. Um, the Cottage School, to understand the school, it's a, a private school that serves children from third through 12th grade. Uh, our area of expertise is we work with students with learning differences, learning challenges. Um, most people uh, will use the phrase SLD, which stands for specific learning disability. I say it means smart kids learn differently. Mm, so love it. when you have all, all kids are smart, the best way in the secret is to teach them differently. And that's what the, the cottage school, the approach of the cottage school uh, we address right away uh, three main areas. Anxiety is one of our big ones that we address with uh, all students coming in, and that's with our specified and specific program, our routine and structure that we have. We also have uh, classes under 10. So our, a lot of the things that we do there address the areas for, for students with anxiety. We also look at helping out areas of executive functioning skills. An example, when I see a, a little kid with a backpack and the papers are all falling out, they can use some help uh, organizing, structure, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sh- dealing with short-term, long-term memory. So all, all the skills that they're going to need to be successful, we try to focus in and, and help them out. And then the, the final thing is a learning difference. Like I mentioned, SLD. Uh, that's very broad, though. We, we have students that are on the, the spectrum of autism. We have Students that have processing deficiencies, whether it's auditory, kinesthetic, or visual, mm-hmm. uh, from dyslexia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia. So those students that have challenges in reading, writing, and maybe or math. So um, we address them with a unique program. The way that is, is a day in a life is if, if I were to ask you, do you like money? When I interview kids, they all say, yeah. And I <laughs> said, well, tell you what I want to do. I want to hire you. Mm. So the, the going to school has turned into coming to work. So right out of the gate, if you're a sixth grader uh, or a 12th grader, I always tell mom and dad, here's the deal. If, if Johnny's running late to school, Johnny calls me, not you, mom or dad. If Johnny's not coming to work, he has to call me and let me know. So we want to put the responsibility on the student right away. 
But with that in mind, my main goal, people ask me, you know, as the head of school, what is your main goal? Well, academics are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all five years, five year olds can tie their shoes, but all 15 year old can pretty much. So the right environment is going to be best for each student. You get them in the right educational environment. But so the, the, the academics is going to happen. But what I want from them is I want them to find their voice. I want them to be able to advocate for themselves. Mm. So in this program and the way we conduct work, they get the opportunity to have their voice being heard in. And that's a multifaceted because having your voice, having the confidence also gives you the area where a lot of people talk about bullying. Well, if you're going to represent yourself, there's things that, that you won't allow happen. So uh, finding your voice is, is very, very powerful. So if you're going to come to work, you're going to get money. And I say, I'm going to pay you. So what it looks like is students report to homeroom for about 15 minutes. And that's where they got a checkbook and a planner. And their planner is what we call it contracting. We're going to give you two weeks worth of contracted work. So again, helping with anxiety and routine, they know in that contract for two weeks what they're going to do. No surprises. Mm. If it's in there, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So right out of the gate, they have their their uh, their contract, they have their planner, and they have their checkbook. Now they're going to get ready with their homeroom teacher. I call it their mentor, their coach, their supervisor, their boss. So it gets them ready for first through basically fifth period. Riggers in the morning. We have the same uh, academic requirements as any other high school mm-hmm. in the state of Georgia. We're, we're uh, accredited school. You go off to college or to a career right out of right out of school. So first through fifth is more your rigged rigid the rigor I call it uh, from from math science etc. And each class they go to they're being paid uh, a certain amount of money say eight dollars and they're getting paid to do five skills. So these five skills I call them professional skills. They have to be on time. You have to be appropriately dressed, meaning you got to dress like you're going to work. We have a dress code, not a uniform, but we want you to dress as you're going to a real job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the third thing is, do you have all your materials? Uh, we have one one laptop program, so everyone has to have their laptop with them charged up, ready to go, and all their other materials they need. Um, the fourth thing is working cooperatively, working together. How did you do? How did you work with others? And that's a big thing for me because that's how the real world functions. You got to work together. Right. And the last and final thing is you get the job done. If you do those five things, you complete that task, then I write in your planner $8. So they'll go through each class getting paid $8, et cetera. Fifth period comes and it's like you've worked very hard, put your books, your backpack away. It's time to continue learning, but let's have some fun with this too. So like when we were in school, we had electives. So we hold our electives in the afternoon. So they get to choose two electives, and those electives are Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, Thursday. Within those electives, uh, we're on 24 acres, so we've got mountain biking as an elective. Uh, we have a family that owns a boxing studio, so we have boxing. We've got uh, from from dance to also some of the what I what I'm passionate about is some of the professional skills, some of the training. And, and the electives, for example, uh, culinary arts. We have a, a wonderful kitchen that we're renovating, turned into a chef's kitchen. So we've got culinary arts. Uh, we also have a carpentry shop. Uh, mm. We've got a great tech lab that we're uh, introducing. <clears throat> excuse me, we're introducing drones. And, oh, wow. Um, we work in with robotics, too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of the coding and programming that we're doing. So it gives students an opportunity to uh, experience 
um, all levels. So those electives, they'll go to and choose. And then at the end of the day, they go back to the homeroom and the teacher says, all right, let's get ready uh, to, to organize for tomorrow and uh, let's make a deposit in your checking account. So they literally take out their checkbook. And, and a lot of people talk about financial literacy is, is something that's needed in schools. Uh, we're going on 38 years uh, of, of working with this style of, of learning, which is very important. As we know, we're trying to not only teach school skills, but life skills. We want mm-hmm. them to be prepared for the real world. So they'll go through that routine Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, Friday comes, it's a different day. Friday, they'd go to their homeroom. And then after the homeroom, they go to a business meeting. Mm-hmm. So what it looks like in this business meeting, <clears throat> you've got all the students of, of say high school and all the teachers and admin in this large area, our, our meeting room. So it is a time for you to, where I always say, find your voice. You get to use your voice. Um, like the real world, there are levels out there. So when you start a job, whether you're working for Home Depot, if you're working for Atlanta Braves, you start at an entry level. That's an E. Mm-hmm. Um, you're being trained. You don't know exactly what you're doing, but you're going to get there. Then there's level one, which you don't need the, the training anymore. You know your job. Level two is more of a supervisor. And then three, I call it the big dog. That's your your, your total salary. Your That's your CF, CEO, CFO. So in each level, the higher the level, the more responsibility, the more privileges, and also the higher the pay. And it's it's imperative that you're a two or three, and we want you to kind of live on those levels at the school because at the end of the day, when you have your paycheck come, you get to spend it, and uh, you have three options with that. So it looks like this. I am Dr. Steve. I want to move to level three. What I love about it is the feedback, the affirmation that the kids give to each other. Mm. They're allowed to and encouraged to share why you support me. And I'm telling you, I'm going to move to level three because it's like an interview. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm listing the things that I've done as a level two. I've listed um, the activities that I'm involved in, the clubs, the community service that, I've, that I'm doing. And uh, you get your uh, positive and it's set up for success. So you're, if you didn't complete a lot of things, we're not going to let you uh, try to promote yourself. Right. So. In that case, they get the feedback from teachers and also students. After that's done, it's you know nice applause, good job, good job, and and then another student gets to do it. Now the beauty of that is, at the end of that business meeting, now it's time to spend your money. So you've worked very hard for two weeks, you get a paycheck. Now you get to choose three things to do, and write write me a check for the first thing is to go off campus. Now, Mm. what that means going off campus is we have it set up every two weeks through the calendar. So it's an incentive-based program. So Mm -hmm. Monday morning, I know in two weeks, this is what I'm working for. This is what I'm working towards. We uh, look at going off campus. We have outings like uh, Stone Mountain for the day, World of Coke, the zoo, the aquarium. We go to Dahlonega for gold digging. Ah. So these kids do uh, specific activities um, that they are, are working towards every two weeks. Now, some might say, I've been in the zoo a hundred times with my mom. I want to stay on campus. So the second option is an on-campus activity. And we'll do things from uh, coding and program, bring in a company that'll help them uh, understand and writing video games. Then we have a video game competition. We've done Olympic events on campus. One of my favorites is middle school's done. Uh, what they did before was they went on a cruise. Now, they didn't leave. They just decorated each 
classroom as a different port. Mm-hmm. So they had the music, the food, the culture. So it, there's a lot of learning going on in that aspect. So when I look at the education side, I'm looking at the, I call it mental wellness. And that links to the social emotional pieces that, that uh, is very important and that students need. So they have that choice to stay on campus, go off campus. And the third and final thing is you come to school to learn. Mm-hmm. You go to work to earn. And if you don't and didn't, then you got to make it up. So the students will work one-on-one with a teacher until they get their work done that they miss for those days. And once they complete that task, they can join uh, their fellow colleagues on campus. Now, the whole goal of that is that we start off Monday morning. Uh, they have a zero in their bank account. And they get hired all over again for two weeks. And the goal is that everyone's academically current and ready to move on to the next chapter. So that's a, a day and a, a quick version of day in life for a student at the cottage school. I love that. Um, wow, lots of questions, uh, lots of places I could go. But uh, um, let's talk to parents for just one second. Um, how do I know my child is the right fit for the cottage school? Great question. Uh, the first initial uh, information session is a, is a phone call, uh, and uh, that's with the admissions department. And then uh, from there, we want to bring you in in your paperwork. And I'm always a firm believer. I, I want to um, base my assessment on meeting the child too. So um, we want to have you come in, make sure it's something that you hear uh, that we are offering that sounds like a perfect fit, and then you'll come back with your child and we – have ambassadors, which are students. Uh, they're non-scripted. The students do the tours. Mm. And, um, it, you know, it's a process. After that, then there's an application. And then uh, we, we want to make sure that we have the right program and the right fit for, for every student that comes in. If not, we're still here because we're all about kids. That's, that's why the school continues to grow and thrive because we, we're all focused on what is best for the kids. And, um, and when you come in for that session – uh, hopefully you'll see what what I see. Uh, you know, I call it the pixie dust. It's magic there, and and that magic's because of the wonderful staff, uh, the teachers that uh, are are very dedicated and love what they do, the the staff that I work with, the team. So uh, when you come in, that's what you get to see. Hopefully you you see and feel that magic that uh, I get to witness and be part of every day. Yeah. For sure. Dr. Stephen Palmer is with us, folks. Uh, Steve is the direct, executive director. He's the head of school at the Cottage School in Roswell. Um, Steve, I, I'm curious about this um, work-based learning model that you have. Is this the TS, TCS program that we were talking about before we came on the air? Yes, sir. That's, that's what you call it. Right. Um, it how, how this sounds unique to me and maybe I've just had my head under a rock, but, <laughs> but this sounds unique to me across all different kinds of schools. Yes, sir. I mean, is that, am I right about that or you are correct? It's a very unique program that delivers, um, the, the maximum environment educational system, uh, for the whole student. When I say that, as mm-hmm. I mentioned before, not just the academics, cause we're going to focus on that. And we look at not just students that, um, that are behind. We have students that come in that are uh, very excelled in certain areas. So we want to continue to challenge them. Uh, I have a young man years ago that um, got into, he got into MIT, uh, mm. a very bright young man, which a lot, uh, most of my students, all of them are bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are exceedingly talented in, in, in certain areas. So we, we don't want to 
hinder them back. But that young man uh, dealt with a major anxiety issue. So mm. he needed a smaller environment. So and that's why, uh, you know, visiting the cottage school and hearing all the things that we offer uh, is the best, best option for, for families to, to figure out if it's the right fit. So we, we, we have to still ask the question of, we're not far enough out of the pandemic to not ask the question, talk about, you know, kind of what happened through the pandemic, how you've come out on the other side of that in successfully as you have. Yes, sir. Um, as you and I were talking prior, mm-hmm. uh, I remember March 13th, two and a half years ago, it yeah. was uh, a Friday and that's when kind of the world and I would say work world definitely changed. Uh, from from now different options, different companies having work from home. So it was a challenge for us uh, because we are better together is, is what we do with our students. We want in face, uh, you know, we talked about uh, social distancing and I said, no, because we still want to socialize. So maybe a little personal distancing, physical distancing. So I wasn't going around saying that social distance, it's, you know, physically stay distant, but we uh, spent a lot of time invested a lot of funds into our facilities. And, you know, it's unfortunate for a very large, you know, four or 5,000 student schools to do. Um, my population is a uh, uh, 300 uh, mm-hmm. students and about 90 staff members. So uh, we have the ability to uh, revamp and, and visit our HVAC system to upgrading that. Uh, we, looked at various precautionary measures, protocols, and uh, we opened and we stayed open. We did have um, a virtual option, but it was more of a live streaming. You still had to report. It's like you, you still had to dress as you went to school and you, you signed in at eight and you went through your morning and just as you would if you're physically there. Um, after that, that, the second year came around um, with, with COVID, we were predominantly on campus. Now, one of the challenges that I didn't mention is um, just before March, uh, when this happened, I broke ground to build a new building. Oh, lovely. The timing's everything, right? That was. And then then learning about uh, all the logistics and Mm. lack lack of supplies Mm -hmm. and and, uh, shortage of of labor. So uh, I built a building during the pandemic, and we successfully opened that uh, wonderful two-story building uh, last year, uh, so towards the middle of the school year, we finally got it up and going. It's got a wonderful uh, state-of-the-art tech lab, an art studio, mm-hmm. and uh, again, it's to more or less enhance uh, the students' learning uh, on campus. So that was a that was a, a, a challenge of its own to to finish that. So, but we uh, we and I say we the wonderful team, uh, the, the staff, the teachers, the, the board members, their support. I couldn't have done it without uh, the board. Uh, that uh, supports the, the school and guided and how we gonna how we're gonna stay open and we did and the main thing was keeping everyone safe of course because uh, uh, you know, we, everyone would say oh we're all you know we're all in this together we're in the same boat together and I said no we're not in the same boat together we're mm. in the same storm uh, certain people have different boats and then when I say that some have elderly parents they were li- that lived with them so we. We uh, are more of a family approach. We wanted to make sure that we were trying to take care of everybody and do the best for everyone. Yeah, that that I love that. So, you know, we what we've I think witnessed is a lot of students still. I'm talking about across all schools, um, still carry an emotional toll yes. from from the pandemic and just how that 
happened and being away for so long. And it was really important for you and your staff to get students back in, in, in school. And so you took some steps to make things safe, right? Yes, sir. That's a, a lot of people, you look at the, the technology out there. Yes, you can find information intellectually, but you're, there's a couple of things that you're not going to get. One is I look at that wellness, mental wellness, that social emotional piece. You need that interaction, especially for developing kids. Uh, and the, and the third thing is, uh, I say with, of, a um, behavior modifications, because as we all know, you act different at home. So you can be at home. You're going to definitely act different. But when you come to school, we want to act, have you act differently, uh, as, as we would in our business work-based model. Mm -hmm. So it was very important to have our students, uh, on campus, we have uh, also uh, give give a lot of the uh, kudos to my counselors. We have uh, six different counselors on, on campus, so not only helping with uh, post secondary college and career, but we're we're looking at uh, hope. Hopefully, that every student at, at school feels connected, and uh, that that takes into another conversation when kids nowadays uh, don't feel that connection and and uh, bad things could happen. So. We, we do our best to try to make sure that we're addressing uh, the whole child. That's that mental wellness too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to shift gears here just a second and talk about your journey. I mean, um, what, what lit your fire early on about education and, and uh, teaching and guiding young people? Well, Back in the early 90s, uh, I became a teacher, and I was certified in, in the special ed field, but I also taught science. I was uh, a biology major, wanted to learn mm -hmm. a lot about science. So I joked about my name tag. My name tag had my name, but underneath it, my job description uh, title said dream maker. So mm. since the beginning of education, my passion has been about making a difference. Um, my classroom, I had a, I had a John boat in the middle of the classroom. This is back before all these brain-based uh, uh, technology or brain-based apparatuses were there from gymnic balls. Mm -hmm. So I had stuff like that to look at experiential learning. And I was looking at just making a difference. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to be part of something bigger and that passion, I, I started winning accolades um, from from just doing what I love to do, which was teaching. So I was teacher of the year. I was a uh, Disney's teacherific um, representative. I've I've had a number of different education awards. And then from there, went into leadership and thought I could make a bigger impact. And um, and from, from that, I started, again, getting noticed as – I'm like, wow, you know, maybe I can take what I'm doing and what I did and all the research that I'm doing and uh, move on to bigger, uh, bigger stage. And that's kind of where I led myself out of, you know, I've been blessed, fortunate with uh, opportunities with people that believed uh, in me and mm -hmm. what my cause and what I wanted to do, which led to um, uh, running schools. I got a phone call. I was living in Florida and I got a phone call. And from a, an organization that said, Hey, you have nine of the 10 things that we want. Um, we'd like to talk to you. And I'm originally from the South. Mm -hmm. So I said, sure, I'll talk with you. And they said, how about meeting us in Grand Rapids? And I said, Michigan. And uh, <laughs> I said, it snows there. I said <laughs> too much, but, uh, uh, come to find out I said no, but then I got another call from this gentleman who told me that, uh, you know, he's, uh, very wealthy with, uh, 
his family, uh, founder of Amway, they own the mm-hmm. Orlando Magic. Mm. Uh, he was running for governor at the time, and it was Dick DeVos. Mm. So the DeVos family took me and invited me, and I said, yes, I will go to Michigan. So I got to develop uh, a school for underprivileged children um, from the ground up. Uh, mm. And right now they have a school that I – uh, developed for them and it's called West Michigan Aviation Academy. So it's a flight school so that kids can uh, have hands on from mechanics to uh, aviators to uh, administrators. So, it, oh, wow. so it's, it's been a great journey um, and the opportunities of, of being in the education field, but I wanted to come back home. So mm. eight years ago, I had the opportunity to uh, come back to the South and, um, and that's what brought me to the cottage school and loving every minute of it. That's great. Um, Steve, let's talk about your current needs. And I guess you're no different than any other school uh, in terms of teachers, teacher shortage. Um, Talk about how that impacts you and maybe any other um, particular headwinds that you're dealing with. Yes, that's a a big topic now, and it's an opportunity uh, to – to fix things that have been not addressed for years. When I say that is a lot of people will talk about COVID and, and the mass exodus and, you know, historically not just the teacher teachers, but CEOs, et cetera. So COVID in my mind played a part of it. It was the catalyst, maybe the, the, the tipping point, but in the education field, um, Teachers don't teach for the money. Everyone needs to work, get paid. But it, it's feeling self-worth. It's feeling that they have a voice themselves and they're part of the decision-making. And, you know, for my benefit, on my behalf, I'm allowed to be able to work with that and, and hope, hopefully lead that. Um, we're not we, – we're fortunate enough to be fully staffed, but that became a problem during um, – the pandemic it, mm. it kind of hit different people differently, sure. so they reassessed, reevaluated, and uh, right now where I I see us is it's a it's a pivotal point because of teachers felt uh, under loved under um, under under respected they just didn't feel that uh, underappreciated. So with that in mind, I think the COVID kind of gave that tipping point to now okay let's start addressing what that, mm-hmm. what we can do. And, uh, you know, right now I feel two directions going to happen. One, it's either a large schools organization is going to lean towards the technology side. Um, but that's not in my mind, what we need, we need to focus more on the humanistic side, the, you know, let's, let's, you know, let our kids feel in, and inspired and empowered. And that's not going to happen unless you let the teachers feel that way. Right. Uh, one thing that I'm trying to do with with my school is I'm, I'm hoping uh, we've got great alumni, and I'm trying to develop. Matter of fact, I have a, a, an alumni that I hired on this year, and so I'm hoping to see that you know we're we're still there for you. I call it home. So mm-hmm. if I have uh, alumni who's going in the teaching field, uh, alumni who's doing uh, you know technology, so I'm trying to cultivate that so that I have a different avenue of bringing them back uh, to, to be part of the family. So it helps, hopefully it'll help out my area of teacher shortage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we are North Fulton Business Radio. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you um, to um, talk to the business community about how businesses can get involved with a cottage school. Um, those that are passionate about your cause and what you're doing uh, what are your needs from businesses, and how can they get get uh, connected? 
great, great question. Most people, you know, when they talk about uh, businesses, and especially non, we're non for profit here in mm-hmm. Roswell, um, fundraisers. So they, they automatically start thinking, okay, let's raise some funds. But I, I'm more of a fundraiser attitude. I'd rather uh, build some relationships. Um, you know, everyone has time, treasures, and talents. So mm-hmm. um, how can we partner uh, with with other businesses? Uh, you know, I have I've Sunshine and Rainy Day, an organization that came out. Uh, fell in love. We have a great relationship. They took care of us in our beautiful lobby and, mm. and, and uh, they're a phenomenal organization and they're helping out another school at the same time, another organization, I, you know, giving back, we opened up our school to let that other school utilize some room uh, until their project got done. So I, I think the answer that question is uh, we're all about trying to fill, build some partnerships and some relationships, whether it be, mentoring uh whether it be uh participating on our our campus for different events um we do things from we got the the big pumpkin run we, mm. we sponsor that that's coming up here in, in october um we've got our first uh annual golf tournament that we're trying to kick off in, in may so uh you know as as we and i for our kids we want to give back in our community so we do a lot of work to help out from food pantries to the senior citizen home so if if any business out there would love to be part of it, just uh, you know, let's reach out, let's let's shake hands, and let's talk about being friends and see how we can build those uh, partnerships. I love it, Dr. Stephen Palmer, folks, uh, the executive director, head of school at the Cottage School. Um, wow, what great work you're doing! We appreciate you and your, all your team, and uh, it's just a delight to have you and celebrate that that great work. Thank you. It's always a pleasure visiting with you. Yeah, thank you. Um, but before we let you go, let's get to the most important question, which is for those that would like to be in touch, would like to know more, tell them how they can do that. Absolutely. The best way to go is, is to the website, uh, a Cottage School. It's thecottageschool.org. If you were to look at uh, the Cottage School, there's lots of opportunities to, to get in touch with different departments. And uh, love to talk with you. Love to personally give you a tour of the campus and let you see uh, the happy smiles and all the fun stuff that's happening there. That's awesome. Dr. Stephen Palmer with the Cottage School, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a quick uh, thought for you. If you're looking for a different kind of team-building experience, one that does not involve, um, well, mosquito bites or potentially broken bones, I've got a suggestion for you. Pick up the phone and call 678-336-9196 and ask for Executive Chef Andrew Traub at ANS Culinary Concepts. Yes, I know that's not what you were expecting me to say, but um, they have Andrew and his team have a great culinary studio. They've got corporate catering and all the things you would expect, but they also do a corporate team building uh, activity that is fantastic. And I'm actually going to be there in a couple of weeks and I'm really looking forward to it because what happens is you gather around, um, you cook together under the direction of Andrew and his team and eat what you cook. And it's just a lot of fun. Um, and that's what you're looking for with a team building activity. So if you're looking for something different and, uh, something that's impactful for your team, give Andrew a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. And folks, just a quick reminder, our show, North Fulton Business Radio, is on all the major podcast apps. You can find us by searching North Fulton Business Radio, and what you'll find is over 500 episodes. Yep, we've hit that point, 
and uh, w- where we've celebrated business and community leaders like Dr. Palmer uh, for the great work that they do. What we ask you to help us do is celebrate their work. And the way, best way to celebrate their work is to share the show. So if you've heard something here in this show or any other show of ours that uh, makes you want to think of someone else that needs to hear that show, needs to hear that business leader, please share it. Um, it helps us help them. And that's what we're all about here at Business Radio X. So for my guest, Dr. Stephen Palmer with The Cottage School, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.